how close were you to ending your life? So, I mean, it, it was close enough that I had a gun to my head, you know, looking for an outlet and, and, and I found running. I was able to be a kid again, you know, um, yeah. that innocent person before anything happened, before the war. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. Uh, we are actually recording this right now on September 11th, the 22nd anniversary of that tragic day um, when uh, thousands of people died, hundreds of first responders and so many innocent people in that attack on America. And we, will, we want to never forget it. We also want to never forget um, our soldiers, our military service members and that went overseas and fought for our freedom. Thousands of them dying in the last 20 years as well. And uh, my guest today uh, knows that all too well, Phil Parsons, who was a, a combat infantry veteran. And now um, he's doing a kind of a, a crazy event coming up. Uh, and just uh, as this episode comes out, it'll be a week away. It's starting, the, it's doing the uh, this 444-mile trail run uh, to uh, – provide uh, you know to raise money and also provide awareness for suicide prevention that's going to start on september 20th he's starting in nashville he, he lives in tennessee but actually i crossed paths with him in columbus georgia where i am several months ago uh he was in town with his house he's been stationed here at fort benning which is now fort moore and uh he um ran with us for a couple of hours we were doing a uh, you know kind of a a group, a half marathon that day. So just to introduce you to Phil a little bit, along with being a combat infantry vet, he's a cult survivor, a social worker extraordinaire, an ultra runner, a Halloween animatronics mastermind, as he calls himself, a tractor collector, a, a great Dane breeder, a, a husband and father. And he also says he's a slim gym opener. I'm going to ask him, ask Phil about that. Um, he's an explorer, a storyteller, and um, he's got a lot of stories to tell about, you know, being in the army and coming back home and, um, you know, having a suicide attempt where he put a gun up to his own head. And obviously he's still here with us. But uh, that that feeling of being a failure and uh, no way to get rid of the pain. And a lot of you that are listening, maybe you've been in that situation or maybe, you know, someone, a family member, a loved one, a friend who's been um, at the end of their rope and they have nothing left to give and they don't know what else to do. It's not a matter of being selfish. It's just a matter of like, like, you know, I don't know what the point of all this is. And uh, this month, September, by the way, is suicide awareness month. And it's also the anniversary month of, of Phil's suicide attempt. And uh, so, um, and, you know, I think, you know, as he'll tell you running helps save his life. And um, in terms of, you know, and now, He's, you know, obviously has experience because you wouldn't try 444 miles without some experience. So we're going to talk to him about some of his uh, favorite races and, and the path and, and uh, all that kind of thing and uh, his, his path in the military as well. So uh, without further ado, um, you know, uh, he, call, he calls his uh, websites, his social media, Unbridled Running. We're going to talk about that as well. So here's uh, Phil Parsons. Thank you so much, Phil, for joining us. Hey, well, thank you very much for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks yeah. for running a few miles with me back uh, earlier this year. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was great to get to know you. I, I think that was that was not accidental. That was, I'm sure, uh, uh, in instrumental in terms of getting us together and talking. And now, months later, we're, we're getting a chance to kind of, uh, you know, tell us, tell stories that will hopefully, you know, inspire <laughs> folks and, and help them out. So, um, so uh, that's great. Well, first of all, you know, I mean, we're going to talk, you know, obviously about suicide prevention and your time in the army and, and money and stuff. But first of all, um, how's it going with training for this 444 miles? I know we were talking before we got on the mic about how, you know, you kind of get this nervousness and excitement. And and uh, I mean, is this like if you've been really training hard doing these long, long runs to prepare for this? So, yes, I am finally tapering down and. While that is good, it's also like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's so many other things to do now that I'm tapering, right? All those things that I wasn't doing uh, while I was running long distance. Um, and so, yeah, we, we had a few weeks where we were getting about 115 miles uh, in, uh, in during, you know, what I remember is some of those, the hottest weeks of, the, of this year. So that, that was definitely uh, pretty inter interesting, but it was also good um, 
uh, you know, good training, good experience in the sense, you know, figuring, figuring out a few things, you know, a few tips and tricks, I guess, maybe that, uh, you know, help me keep moving uh, day after day. This is also, I, I should have, should have a number for you, but I, I don't, but um, I'm, it's also like something I'm like into 600 days of you know, continual, you know, like a little run streak here. So yeah, um, doing all that, all these long distance runs, um, but continuing, continuing to be able to run every day. That's, that was the, the focus, you know, how can I do these uh, long training runs, but still, be able to get out there and, um, you know, ha have my daily run, um, you know, one for myself and, and two just to kind of, you know, keep keep my legs moving. And so that's that's where I've been at. I'm, I'm on the downside of that. Last couple of weeks have been about um, a little under 50s, 40 miles. I don't know what this week is, but we started off good with just uh, a mile and a half today. So that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that feels like you, you're like like man that's like nothing like i'm still asleep you know um so just for context how what's the furthest you run at you know in a given time period whether it be you know two days or even like you know uh trying to run continuously for four or five days is there a is there like uh where your highest point right now if you're asking the farthest i've ever run it was probably yeah at one time, probably about 108 miles or so, like something like that, fairly close to that. So, mm -hmm. what? How will this 444 miles? And it's on the the Natchez Trace, which yeah. um, you're going to start in Nashville and you're going to end in Natchez, Mississippi. Um, and uh, so, um, how many days are we talking about? How many miles per day? Is there a game plan? Yeah, so 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 the game plan is is roughly uh, forty miles a day, or somewhere thereabouts. Um, uh, first day is going to be like forty one point two something, and uh, and then I think the next day is like thirty seven. So uh, it gonna, it's going to vary just slightly, but um, you know, roughly about forty miles a day. Um, and then I think my longest day is going to be the twenty second and or the twenty third maybe somewhere around 46 miles, just uh, since the Natchez Trace is uh, interesting. It's a two-lane road, through, and it's a, it's also a national park. And so, you, you know, it's it's kind of like an interstate. You can't just get on and off. And so um, some of these are a little bit longer or a little bit shorter based off of, like, uh, you know, where they have some pullouts or some access roads, uh, frontage roads or something, you know, that uh, you can get on and off. And that just kind of makes it, you know, easy, you know, stop your watch there and, you know, in, instead of, okay, where, where exactly was I when I stopped yesterday, uh, you know, so for that type of thing. So, um, so yeah, so about 40 miles a day, um, 11, 11 days is the goal. Um, and that will, um, there's, there was two fellows that went um, north um and uh i would like to beat their their time the fastest time was about 12 and a half days um and then i will also be the first one going south so there's that yeah yeah are you uh what are your emotions kind of going into this uh this 444 so it's it's a mix um uh i think you know not only it, am I super excited, super nervous, um, there's also a little bit of like, in, you know, imposter syndrome that wants to, you know, that wants to creep in. And, um, you know, all those voices from, from you know, long ago, you know, they still want to show up every now and then, and, you know, then like say you're not good enough or, you know, you can't or whatever that, that might might be at that time. Uh, and but that's exactly uh, for me personally why I'm uh, you know taking on something like this is you know is to change that story and 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 uh, you know at the very least uh, you know when those things come up is you know I did this and I have this you know and um, I think you know just for where I'm at today. Um, 
with all the miles and the back the back to back miles and long runs that I've been putting in, uh, and just just be able to where I'm at today, um, you know that that's impressive for me. Uh, I'm in, I'm impressed about you know how I how well I've done and how focused I've been and um, you know been able to stick to the training plan and 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 deal with things as they've come up, and and that to me is is really really impressive so so that so there is that um but then yeah there's there's all the the what ifs and am i going to remember everything did i write enough stuff down <laughs> and where did i put that list <laughs> so <laughs> my to-do list for these uh these 11 days uh yeah it's it's going to be a lot to mentally and physically go through and uh, you can only prepare for so much because there's going to be obstacles along the way. And, and uh, you're, I mean, you're very familiar with obstacles, you know, being uh, in the military and, and combat deployments. And, and, uh, and so um, I know I, I have, you know, a lot of friends that are veterans and they, a lot of them typically don't like running because of what they had to go through in the army, you know, maybe had to like meet certain standards, the six minute mile or, or running in not so good shoes. And, and so, you know, but for I've you, got all of those. Good. Yeah. Uh, every single one of those you were one of those right (laughs) yeah i i I did not i did never like to run before Uh, okay so this is the the post army passion so (laughs) and tell me take me back a little bit with your with your story tell me about um did you join the army very young and and were you were you deploying after 9-11 to like you know the middle east yeah, so um, I, you know, I joined the, the military when I was um, eighteen. I originally joined uh, uh, for the National Guard, um, you know, just trying to you know f- find a place and 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 kind of get out of where I was at. I didn't feel like I was going anywhere in life. I wanted to do something. I uh, cannot, you know, didn't know what I was going to do, and so. I joined, went to boot camp, came back. I served about a little bit, a little, just a little over a year and a few months in the National Guard and went active duty. Uh, I was stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And, um, you know, I was there um, when the planes hit. And, and the, you know, we, I think maybe just a few minutes just before you mentioned that today was September 11th is when I, I realized uh, today's anniversary. And, and, uh, you know, I, I know exactly where I was at when those planes hit, I was coming out of the chow hall, um, and, uh, I was ironing my uniform, starching my uniform and, and making sure my, my boots were those in those days, you know, spit polished. We had the, still had the black boots at that time. And, and, um, because that was my reenlistment ceremony mm. and, and so the second plane hit and I re-enlisted it somewhere in between that second plane hitting and the third plane hitting the Pentagon. And yeah, that, that kind of changed a whole, um, a whole lot of things, you know, and as the CQs running around screaming at, you know, we're at war, we're at war. And we went from that just a normal day just another reenlistment ceremony to, uh, you know, just on Fort Campbell in the company area, barracks area to triple strand Constantina wire and armed guards at every entrance that you could have. Um, you know, we just didn't know what was going on. Um, you know, we packed, uh, helped, helped the Rock Suns pack out and uh, they flew, they went to Afghanistan and, and we went to Iraq, and so um, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of time that we just covered there, but that's um, that's the the, the quick and, and dirty of it. Um, what was yeah. that like, you know, for you? Because you talk about how you came back from Iraq and you were fighting your own battle with mental health, and so what was it? Something that happened there, or was it just overall time there? Whether I don't know if it was six months or a year. In Iraq, or maybe several times, where you were just—it was just a lot to 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 see and to experience. So, you know, I, I the way I feel is, you know, for me, and I think for a lot of us, we were prepared for war or for combat, um, 
and you didn't think a whole lot, like your training really does kick in and, and you just kind of react. And, um, but then you, you know, you come back home, things are not the same and what, and how you, you know, over there where you wouldn't necessarily maybe think you would react reaction over here doesn't usually work out the same. And, and, um, for me, um, you know, I noticed, um, yeah, that, you know, there, there was, you know, the, the normal stuff that any infantry guy would have seen, uh, you know, especially during the invasion of Iraq was the, you know, the combat, the, the, you know, the airstrikes, the bombs, the shooting, the, you know, um, you know, bodies and, you know, a few friends, um, you know, dying or being injured, but it didn't bother me then. It bothered me when I came home. And um, I I didn't understand at first, but um, like I, I know like when I got off the plane, I was the NCO of the year. So I got to lead the entire um, plane load of troops. It was almost a battalion of troops off, off the plane. And they had us... Um, uh, going to the to the hangar and um, you know here's this crowd of people and we're being funneled into this crowd of people and you know maybe I don't know 20 48 hours ago you know there were we were dealing with crowds and they weren't necessarily friendly um, right and, and and so the it's always stuck with me um, you know lady in the crowd reach out and grabbed me just slightly and I jerked back and, and she asked me the weirdest question. She's like, why are you not smiling? Are you not happy to be home? And yeah, so that, I mean, that that's obviously stuck with me forever. And, and the, and the thing it took me, it took, must've taken me years probably before I smiled, you know, a real smile that wasn't, um, you know, it's still, you, know, you, you just put this this um, type of armor on that uh, you know where you have you don't show emotions or or have them you know you can have some anger that's a, that's accepted but uh, uh, but yeah so so that and you know immediately getting in a vehicle you know and trying to and driving off post I mean I was wasn't interested at stop stoplights uh, or stop signs. <laughs> it was it was quite the experience for my parents, uh, you know, sitting in the car with me. Um, but yeah, it was all a big. It was such a big readjustment, and, and um, the biggest thing was people started telling me that I was an angry person, and I didn't know I was angry. Uh, you know, it was all reaction. Uh, and and so um, there's like no was, no filter. Yeah, there was nothing. There was yeah, it was it was hit the switch and you could hit it faster than anybody else could, and then it was just uh, you know whatever you needed to do to overwhelm the person or the situation. You know, just like we would have done over there in a firefight. Um, and so yeah, it, it was starting to get me in trouble. And, um, so I lost, lost my, uh, my wife in my first marriage, uh, or at least that's, that's how I felt at that time. Um, you know, I became suicidal. I thought I was a failure. I was tired of people having to try to help me. Um, you know, so like, you know, the, the easiest thing to do is instead of being a, a, you know, a draw on them and, you know, I should just, just end it. And, and so I, you know, I tried, uh, I tried a few times and that just didn't work. And I remember that last time trying and, and, um, you know, you may have read it on the, on the webpage there and, um, you know, getting up that next day, still in this, this fog and, um, you know, looking for an outlet and, and, and I found running. <laughs> 
and there, and uh, up until that point, I hated running, and I think I still hated it for a few months after that. But, <laughs> yeah. but I was I hated a lot of things at that point, uh, and hates is probably a good word. It, it took a long time before it turned into something less than hate, you know. Um, and kind so, of and, and became a kind of an outlet for you, and and you know with this yeah. 444 mile event and you're about to do it and uh, you know benefiting it's to help kind of talk about suicide and to raise awareness of mental health and, and suicide among veterans and we're going to put a link in the show notes about where people can donate and learn more and track you and all that kind of stuff but um i mean take me back one more time that day this was i guess i guess it was the last attempt in late september of i think 2006 what what was i mean how did that go down i mean was it was it like, how close were you to ending your life? So, I mean, it, it was close enough that I had a gun to my head. Um, uh, you know, um, you know, I can still feel, you know, the coldness of that, of that, uh, trigger on, on, from that firearm. Um, you know, and somewhere about that time, uh, you know, I had, I had, you know, had this idea that um, uh, maybe there might be another way. And, uh, you know, my, my finger had, I'd already had an, a, a previous experience um, where I couldn't pull the trigger. Um, and, and this time it just, there was this idea and I didn't know what I was doing, but um, I was off trying to figure out, okay, if, if I can't kill myself, if I'm that much of a failure, what can I do? And uh, I think the that began a search of, of what can I do, what what could I do, what can I do? And and starting to ask the question, I think, was, was where I took power back over my life in a sense. Um, and and that led to the running running led to the first marathon you know and I, i'd been told i couldn't do a marathon i should start at a 5k or something like that um and i turned around and did a marathon down there by you know by you guys at callaway gardens uh, yeah did, yeah did my first marathon there and um soon after that is when i met uh you know john from big dog running um, yeah, John Peoples, who's, who's uh, led, yeah. he was one of my very first guests for this podcast about three years ago. Nice. He's, he nice. led run across Georgia for many uh, years and still is a, a very uh, iconic runner here in town. Well, he he um, he helped me through a whole lot of stuff. Let me tell you that. Not so much that he did a lot, but he just shared a lot of miles with me and just listened. It's like, oh, that sounds tough, Phil. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it was it was it was not that he did a whole lot except listen and and show up and um, invite me to the next run, and um, and then pretty soon, uh, you know, it's like hey, there's this um, Chiha 50k, and uh, one of our runners can't go. Would you like to go? This is going to be through the woods, you know, and uh, yeah, after after Chiha and. And some, somewhere around there, it turned into Pinhody 100, and and kind of kind of got me hooked. And and so you know, um, uh, you know, I really I, I really appreciate, but you know, John's just just willingness to show up and listen, and just you know, little tips here and there. It wasn't a lot, you know. He wasn't you know wasn't trying to be more than what he was, um, but he was just willing to yeah. Or try this, yeah. try that, you know, um, you know. Uh, so important to have people, have people to listen and to have people to kind of not like feel pity for you, not um, try to treat you differently, um, but to just listen and treat you like a real person and like say, hey, come along for this adventure and give you a kind of a, an outlet 
so, I mean, as um, like you have this, like you said, love hate relationship with running. <laughs> maybe first, and maybe love. I'm sure there's been a love hate during this training as well. Um, <laughs> so, is it? Um, I mean, how do you? You know, is it? Is that a tough leap? You know, you're, you're going. Okay, you start with a marathon, then you go to a 50k and a hundred miler. And now you're doing 444. Is that? I mean, or because some people think, oh man, I, I, I don't think I could ever do a marathon. I don't think I could ever do a 50k, you know, and maybe they, yeah, they have yeah. those thoughts come out in their mind. You know, I, the, the marathon, I really just didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, I was just out there running and, and, and probably doing a poor job at that. Um, but I was just, I was just so angry. Um, that's what kept me going. And it wasn't until the, you know, the initial Pinhoti 100, you know, I got somewhere around mile 75 it was. And, um, you know, it's at the top of this three mile long mountain climb. And um, I got to the, somewhere up in there and all of a sudden I wasn't angry anymore. Hmm. And I didn't, and I didn't know how to run without the anger. And, I had to, so I stopped, I quit. I was like, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't move my legs. Well, what are these happy, what are these happy endorphins? I'm supposed to be like a, uh, an angry guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so the, 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 the marathon, I really didn't know what I was doing. I rang it, ran out of anger, uh, and so that pushed me past the, the probably I can't or I won't or shouldn't or this hurts, at least for the marathon. The 50Ks, it was a different type of pain, but I enjoyed being in the woods. You know, I, I describe it now. I, I didn't know what it was then, but I, I mean, now when I run through the woods, you know, and, and you had asked, I think one of one of your questions was about was about faith, and and, and um, for me, I get a lot of connection um, when I am running in the woods with the trees, and I'm in this reciprocal relationship. You know, they're I'm breathing out this um, bad CO2, and they're taking that in and supplying me with oxygen, and you know. I, <sighs> I can't help but smile like and I high five them as you know thanks because that's the only only thing that notices me you know floating down the trail and that is what I got from that first trail run and and um, I was able to be a kid again you know um, yeah. that innocent person before anything happened before the war and for brief moments I could just be me. And, and so that, um, uh, you know, it, it took a long time to cultivate that, to, um, to become happy again. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's eventually, eventually how it, how it, how it grew. Um, and it, and it, it did turn from a, a hate to a love hate to, to now it's, 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 it's a combination of both but it's more of this practice it's this um you know it's it's this thing i get to do i no longer have to do it i no longer um you know am driven by anger um i'm not you know i still get triggered and so i do look for an outlet at times but for the majority of, the, of this i get to go out and do something that was once impossible, you know, yeah. and, and that for, that that's everything for me. I mean, I kind of like the underdog a little bit here, and you know, I didn't have much of an education growing up, and then, you know, just just didn't know what I could do, and you know, running was the vehicle that said, oh, you can do this. You could at least try to do this thing over here. Yeah, try to do this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was just able to take all this stuff I was learning mile after mile and you know and kind of use it into other areas of life and 
and you know here I am now as uh, you know you know three degrees and you know social worker and you know work with veterans and get to um, you know I've got kids now and I've you know I've got a family a wife I've got all these great Danes and uh, you know just I have stuff now where I didn't think any of this was going to be possible and and then I get to turn around right and I think you know being an NCO uh, you, know, you always try to take care of troops but I had to leave the military for a while I had to go take care of myself before I sure. could take care of anybody else and I didn't understand that for years it's like putting your oxygen mask on first before you help somebody else um, I wasn't doing that I was trying to help everybody else without helping myself and um, and so you know it's a lot of lot of time a lot of miles put in but now you know I get the why people wouldn't feel like they could do a, a marathon or a 50k or a 100 miler I get the I get that I'm wondering if I can right now if I'm going to be able to you know, do this 400 thing. Um, but then I have to also turn around and stop myself. And I can't wait till I feel better to run. Right. I, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't wait till I know if I can do this thing. Right. I've got to go and find out. Yeah. And I've got, yeah. I've got to show up. I've got to start. And somewhere it, and, and it's not about finishing for me. It's not about finishing. It's this 11 day journey, this process of what happens between start and finish. That that's, what's going to be, that's, what's going to be, you know, last way past the, you know, the event, you know, and that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to is, is that, that process and that journey. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of logistics, you know, kind of uh, along with the, the running's part of it, obviously, uh, 444 miles or, or attempting 40 miles a day for that long. But what about like nutrition, hydration? Do you have like people, family along the way that are going to like, uh, you know, kind of support you or do you have drops or how is that all going to work during this, uh, um, you know, week and a half? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be supported. Um, and and to answer your question, uh, there's there's a group that I run with and I volunteer with. It's called Band of Runners, um, and so they they help uh, veterans. Uh, they take them to trail camp each year, and uh, they basically pair them up with uh, you know professional runners or um, you know give them classes on how to run. Um, how to run in the trails, all that fun stuff. And so a lot of them, I don't have a, a, a number, a lot of them are going to um, also help me on this. And then I've got, uh, um, you know, a crew chief and, and a, you know, a couple guys that are, are going to just, you know, be my main main crew to keep me moving. And then um, I got my buddy that, that you might have seen from philruns.com there, that uh, the Bravo Alpha Foundation who I'm helping raise the money for, um, you know, I met him through this trail runner camp and he's also sponsored me, um, to go out West, uh, to do some, even some longer, um, five day events and stuff like that. These are hiking events, not running events, just, you know, getting to see like places like, uh, wind River range and stuff like that under, under Yellowstone. And, uh, and so those, those folks are going to be out there. Um, and, and the idea is, you know, I'll run and then, um, you know, every, you know, four or five miles, uh, you know, run into one of these little um, parking spaces that are on the trace and, and you know, grab a, grab a water bottle. Um, for nutrition, I, I'm usually a um, uh, big thanks out to, um, you know, Tailwind or not tailwind, I'm sorry, I, um, Fleet Feet. I was thinking of John's John's store there, but uh, there's a Fleet Feet in Nashville that's helping me out with, with getting um, some um, some nutrition. Um, and then, um, you know, and 
and as long as I can keep my electrolytes down, I can do mostly uh, liquid nutrition, you know, during the run. And then, you know, there'll be moments, you know, I'm going to stop for lunch. <laughs> get yeah. some yeah, I was going to ask you, what is your, what, do, you, do you have a go, like along with water, uh, do you have like a go-to drink or go-to food uh, that you maybe will kind of be very helpful for you along with real food or the gummies or whatever? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm, um, I, I did mention Tailwind. That was that was kind of like a Freudian slip there. Um, <laughs> but Tailwind is my backup. My um, and, and no offense, it's it's uh, Tailwind is is a, is a backup. It's a reliable backup for me. Um, what I what I run on mostly in my bottles is um, is is Guroctane, and then um, and then um, I use uh, also kind of substitute that with a uh, liquid IV. Uh, for electrolytes, and um, and so I've I've found that especially these last few months this summer, I've had to stop drinking water. <laughs> I had to stop drinking water, and I have to, and so everything is either, um, you know, it's either some sort of uh, nutrition or it's electrolytes that I'm drinking. Everything, and so it's. Um, some sort of combination of elements, liquid IV. Um, there's a few others that I kind of throw in there here and there, but um, it's just constantly, constantly um, electrolytes for for all this all this heat. And I, for whatever reason, I sweat a lot. So, um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's good when you sweat. That's usually like your body. <laughs> uh, it's a cooling mechanism. Means you're hydrated, and so now yeah, are you it's eating, usually uh, a good thing. Are you going to be eating uh, pizza, burgers, chicken, uh, rice, and like things like that in between your runs? Or, you know, um, I usually do really, really good about somewhere around twenty, twenty-five miles, eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or two, and then and maybe a sip of Coke or something, um, and then, and then after that, then it's kind of game on, and it's kind of like okay. What am I hungry for today? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, take your pick. Uh huh. Uh huh. And and uh, it it has been burgers at sometimes, but you know, I, I for me it would be more like you know a quarter of a burger or, or half. You know, it's it's not eating the whole thing. So I want to stay fairly light, but and, and and but get some real food down. And so um, another another good. Uh, go-to is is pretzels or the um um i'm trying to think of the Chex mix i don't like Chex mix I don't oh yeah grab those bags and just yeah that's lots a, of that's sodium good, lots of sodium but you know it's also it's it's also bland enough that it doesn't mess with your stomach too much you know and and uh the hotter it gets the less sugar that i want um yeah so yeah. but you need a little bit of you know you still need a little bit of sugar or, you, or your brain's gonna start doing some weird tricks on you so. yeah you need that, that little uh little boost yeah. what is your you were talking earlier about your family your wife and your kids now and you have this life maybe that you never imagined would be possible uh, what do they think about this uh 11 day journey are they um are they do they think you're crazy or do they like you know it's they're your biggest cheerleaders i think <laughs> there might be some of both um my kids though that's you know i i I said you know we mentioned growing up in the cult and you know it was growing up it was always um do as i say not as i do or you know any of that stuff right or or it was do this or smack or you know whatever you know for me it's i learned in the military that uh, the easiest way to get somebody to do something was, and then it was reinforced when I went to school, the easiest way to get somebody to do something is by modeling it, you know? And so my kids see me every morning, get up before they're up, putting miles in, getting back, get, you know, um, some of these runs I've started at midnight, you know, with three, four hours of sleep, just so I can turn around and be at their football game, you know? Um, Maybe I'm not actually there, but I'm physically there. You know, it's I might still be recovered, but uh, 
Uh, yeah. Um, you know, but so my kid, you know, but then there's, there's some of these weekends that, that they'll be like, Hey dad, I'm going to do a mile. Can we do an extra mile down the road? And so we'll, we'll run down the road, uh, every now and then they'll know, they'll know I'm coming back and they'll, they'll run out and meet me. So, um, you know, there is, they don't run a whole lot, but they're definitely down to do a 5k every now and then. And, and, uh, so that's that's impressive, um, and 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 that that relationship, you know, they get to see me do um, the thing, and they get to see me, um, you know, develop discipline in that, right? And and, uh, and so they're they're really they're, you know, supportive, and and it's like and it's just oh, dad's doing a run, okay, yeah, dad, when you get back, can we do? That? It's, it's fairly normal. Um, you know, my wife is, you know, a little, little bit like you're gone a lot. <laughs> That's right. Sometimes. Exactly. So I've got uh, this honey do list for you, Phil. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you sleeping on the couch a lot? I was like, yeah, it's, I have to get up early. <laughs> That's right. I don't want to disturb you. Honey. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, but I mean, at the same time, I see, at least I think I see a little bit of, I don't know, I don't know if it's amazement or, or you, but I've, I've noticed the words shift, right? Um, like the other day is, you know, she runs, uh, she likes to do triathlons. And so she's getting ready for, in the middle of my run here, she's getting ready for um, the Chattanooga Ironman. Yeah, and, and uh, so she's going to go knock that out, and so, I mean, and Ironman's no no small feat, and and oh. um, but you know what she she said she's like, well, I can't run like you, it, you know, and you hear this switch, right? You start like, I can't run like you, or I I don't run like you, and 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 then she kind of starts. Notice you notice that she kind of starts linking you to some of these, you know, the band of runners I've run with several uh, people I would call professional runners, and and some of them actually do have like a lot of records. But um, you know, so she kind of links me. She's like, I can't run with you, or like you run with, you know, like you know some of your friends, and uh, um, so I think that is. For me, anyhow, that is um, a huge um, cheerleading to hear that shift, see that shift, and um, you, you know, from my own family. Uh, that's yeah, she, yeah, she's impressed with. I mean, because you put in a lot of work to to, to get here. It's not like you were, uh, you know, uh, somebody who could run a hundred miler overnight. That it takes a lot of right, effort right, mentally and and physically. And, and you brought up the. Um, kind of, uh, I mentioned it earlier about being a cult survivor and now, you know, and I think I remember reading on your page about how, um, growing up, you know, you were maybe couldn't question a lot of things, but yeah. in life, in life, it's important to question things or question yourself or, and like, okay, let's find a pathway to where I can be my real self, take that mask off. Mm -hmm. And so uh, has that been important for you kind of overcoming what, you, you know, kind of that environment you were in? That has been scary. Um, maybe as scary as going into combat, maybe a little bit more because combat, I was trained for that and, you know, you just kind of shut everything down and you just acted this, you know, trying to be your own self, figuring who that is, messing it up all the time <laughs> and, and coming back. That's that's pretty scary, um, you know. Uh, it, it's also a lot of change there, and so trying to um, you know start starting to have maybe different ideas of how you see the world um, and questioning things, and and then um, okay, how does that change me? How does that change us? How does that change? you know, our relationship with everything, um, you know, starting to uncover some of the things that 
I'd forgotten about. And, and so, you know, I think, you know, it's just been, it's just been super scary to let myself be seen, but it's something I'm still working on. Um, I think some of all of this, especially this year worth in running, I think, um, one of the scariest parts was just straight up, like, I can't talk to you because I don't feel safe enough within myself to talk about this and trying to resist the urge of after saying that to run out the door, you know, um, and let them. And, and so, so for me, that that's a big, a big part of it, you know, is, is, okay, this is speaking, this is how I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking, doesn't mean that I'm mad or angry at anybody, that's just what's going on inside of me right now. It doesn't mean it's your fault or anybody's fault, it's just what's inside of me. And I think that's been a biggest, a big thing for us. And, you know, because and, and, it used to be, you know, she didn't grow up in the best environment either. Um, and so it's, she automatically, since growing up, you know, it was always her fault, right? So she automatically thinks if I'm not feeling right, it's her fault. So um, learning to express yourself so you can take that armor down and be like, no, this is th this me that you can't see is, is pretty wounded inside and pretty hurt. Um, and and um, so it's it, it's it's kind of brought us to this point where we're trying to learn to to trust each other even on a different level if that makes any sense on you know and and the only, I say any sense because I, I don't know I don't know what other other people you know I don't have a metric for anybody else's life but mine yeah. Um, yeah, and and, re and re relate relationships, you know, it's definitely a two-way street. Both have to participate and, and be willing to put in the work and communicate. And if it's just one side doing most of or all the communication, it can be, it can create some unhealthy, <laughs> an unhealthy <laughs> relationship for sure. And, and you, you know, you yeah. talked um, on your website about how, um, you know, in terms of that mental health aspect of it, that you want to let other veterans know, or just anybody, but but really a lot of veterans as well, that, you know, listen, this is what I've been through as, as Phil Parsons, and I came out the other side, so th there is hope, because that's the thing, that there's this desperation that people feel like that, like, listen, there's nothing else, there's nothing better, It's I, my life's not, so what would you say to people out there, whether it be a veteran or anyone else, about if they're in that spot where you were, you know, a decade and a half ago? I would like to say that with a story um, on the Natchez Trace. There's a bridge uh, somewhere about four and a half miles into the run, and um, it's called it's a it's this uh, double arch bridge over uh, New Highway 96. And I didn't know this until I I don't know maybe a year ago. Um, when they when they started putting up the, the fences on the bridge, that this this bridge was um, in the 20 years that it had been up, uh, about 42 people had jumped off of it, mm. committed suicide off of that. And so on the handrails, um, there's messages. Um, a lot of them are you're stronger than what you think, or you know that to that effect. Or there is one, there is one that says. Um, hold on, it gets better. And um, so I went simply and, and I wrote underneath of it, I said, 16 years later, it does. And I signed my name. A couple weeks ago, um, I got an email from somebody that said that they saw that and said that the first time in their life they're able to walk across the bridge and back without 
having any uh, issues. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say without having any issues. I'm also trying not to say exactly, you know, all, everything that was in that story, but sure. But that's what I would say. I said it would say it's not easy, but it can get better. Um, and you know, if you know, me being a, a veteran, combat veteran without a high school diploma, I had a GED and oh. almost didn't get that. And if I can, you know, hang on, if I can change my life, I think most folks can too. And, and, uh, I think a lot of us, and I, I sure didn't know back then that night. I didn't know that in just a few minutes, those feelings would change, right? And what we do know about suicide, the people that do survive who've jumped, they, as soon as they have let go, they've always wished, every single one of them that survived have wished that they had not jumped. That's mm -hmm. what we know. And I found, um, you know, by running these hundreds that if you're feeling bad, if you give it enough time, you're going to feel good again. <laughs> yeah. And then I just I stopped and I realized that's exactly the same thing I found with depression and with suicide, with issues, you know, all these mental health issues that if I just stopped sat with it for a minute instead of trying to block it out or get rid of the pain or the discomfort if i just sat with it for a minute it would change and then before i knew it i was feeling something different interested in something different and and so i think i think that's that's some of the biggest things hang on because it's going to change it does get better and then you can you know with time make it better you know, you can decide to make it better. Uh, and it may not seem like it today. It sure didn't seem like it 16 years, almost 17 years ago. But, you know, mile upon mile, you know, step after step, it did get better. You know, and I did that. And I know not everybody can run. That's not, I'm not saying everybody has to run. But, I'm, but I know that that your depression, suicide, that can't exist in a brain that's that's in motion. It takes up, it, it comes from a different part of your brain. A different part of your brain is act is activated when you're in motion, and so that, um, so yeah, yeah. So you know, do something. That's that's the key. Is do something. Yeah, but don't do that. You know, exactly, something, exactly. Something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, do, and I, I used to have a sign up. I think it was way back when I was in college. Um, it said, uh, "If you aim at nothing, you will hit it." Yep. So uh, <laughs> always, you know, and it doesn't matter. I mean, you're not a failure if you don't aim to run 444 miles or whatever else. So, but Phil, uh, we appreciate your time, man. And, and, uh, you know, we wish you all the best Godspeed on this. And when you're at, when you're at day six and seven and you're feeling like, Oh, like mentally or physically, possibly it's all hurting. Like you said, it's going to get better. Uh, you know, yeah. it may take a few, it may take a few hours, but <laughs> that's exactly when I, that's exactly, I'm expecting somewhere from day five to seven. Uh, yeah. I am going to be in a new world of discomfort, <laughs> some, some world that I've never been to before, and ah, it's going to take everything that I have. But this this time, again, I get I get to experience this one, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. Have to, I don't have to act re or react poorly. Sure, I sure. get to choose how I want to react. Right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a privilege, and yeah, you know, and they're like one. Of the, there's an ultra runner friend of mine, Chris Traywick. He he got me into running ten plus years ago, and and he his quote is, uh, "If you make pain your friend, you'll never be alone." Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. I think jo Joseph Campbell says, I, "I'm a big deal. I love quotes." Joseph Campbell says, "You know, 
if you find joy inside, the joy is going to bring out the pain, right? And, there you and go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So whether it's make, you know, you make friends with the pain, you find your own joy, you know, we all create our own joy and, man, what yeah. will happen then, you know, what will happen? Yeah. Well, looking forward yeah. to hearing the stories uh, after, and we'll again once we get yeah. we'll link it, yeah. we'll link all the stuff in the show notes where people can donate to the project and and help. And uh, you know, you're you're gonna do awesome. And I'm glad I got to run uh, numerous <laughs> miles with you uh, months ago, and and uh, and at least uh, have that. that introduction. Yes, that was a that was that was a lot of fun. I still remember your guys' face when I said 440. <laughs> well thanks phil and uh and uh listen take care of yourself and uh and go kill it out there yeah awesome man thanks i really appreciate uh phil parsons uh opening up being genuine not being afraid to talk about you know his struggles things he's been through and uh i believe uh, God definitely orchestrated uh, us meeting months ago on that run. And again, I uh, wish him uh, Godspeed on his 444-mile trail run, which by the time this episode comes out, he will be starting a week from now. Once again, uh, we'll have a link up uh, in the show notes of where you can track him, uh, learn more about uh, this journey he's about to t- uh, take on, this challenge, and also donate uh, to this great cause, uh, helping other veterans. Uh, one thing he says on his website, Unbridled Running, he says, I have found that life is a process and a journey. Failures are only redirection and just experiences to be learned from. Pain and discomfort are only temporary and maybe the thing to make one stronger. Feelings and emotions come and go. It's up to me to choose to follow or watch them. And uh, it's so important because, you know, we have those feelings, we have those emotions, and we should, you know, they're valid. And, and what we go through, they're not wrong, those emotions and feelings. But it's a matter of, you know, uh, what do you embrace and what do you listen to and what do you lean into? And, uh, you know, I, I know that I've, um, I do a lot of running myself. And sometimes, you know, I, I hear from different things about leaning into the pain and discomfort and not that you like it or you enjoy it, but just leaning in and not trying to avoid it or run away from it, but that it's, it's there and recognizing it and that it will get better and, and, and it'll pass. And, and it's like that in life as well. So, so important, um, especially as we, uh, you know, really talk about suicide prevention during this month. And my daughter, Olivia, who I've talked about openly in, in uh, her story uh, numerous, uh, several episodes ago here on Run the Race, she has a, a blog, Instagram website called Your Pain Has a Purpose. And she wrote this recently. I just want to read it. It's better coming from her than, than anything I could say. Uh, this uh, She did this on September 10th, which was World Suicide Prevention Day. Um, so that was just uh, uh, several days ago. She says, this day is so important to spread awareness and education. We should not only talk about suicide today and this month, but every month out of the year. On average, close to 708,000 people die by suicide each year. This day is important to me due to my own experience with suicidal thoughts and ideation. Depression is the hardest thing I've had to battle, and I know millions face it daily, but there is hope and there are better days. Please remember to be always kind and make sure you are checking in on those people that you care about. You never know what someone could be going through. Help is available. There's always a better alternative. Tomorrow needs you. Stay another day. I'm always here if you need to talk. And uh, she also wrote in there, the suicide hotline number is 988. And you can also, uh, the crisis hotline, you can text HOME, that's H-O-M-E, to 741741. So there's a lot of resources out there, a lot of help. Um, You know, check in on your friends, check in on veterans, check in on your family, you know, and uh, make sure everybody's doing okay because it can be really difficult out there. So closing now this episode in prayer, dear God, just thank you uh, for the opportunity to, to give you glory, to talk about fitness and faith on this platform. And God, that we pray for all those that are struggling with mental health, struggling with depression, struggling with not feeling like they belong or that not wanting to be here. You will just comfort their hearts uh, the Holy Spirit do a work in them and help us as family and friends to surround folks that need it even more. 
and uh, Lord God, just to help them to know that you are, that that we are all children of God, and that you have a purpose for each and every one of us uh, in our time here on Earth uh, to uh, help others, glorify you, and and do whatever you gift us to do. You name me, pray, Amen. So thank you so much for listening to Run the Race. You know, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. You can write a review for us on Apple. And next week, we're going to talk to uh, uh, a local faith community leader who also is the general manager of a local business about kind of mixing uh, faith and uh, working a regular job and how that can all work. And and uh, he's also into fitness as well. So looking forward to uh, that conversation as well. And we'll keep you updated on how Phil Parsons done with, with his 444 miles from September 20th through the 30th. He's going to do awesome. Y'all have a great day.